You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. It's the Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Rochelle, what we at? What number? Shit. (laughs) Good start. That's what I like to hear. 27? Seven, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Still get discounts on stuff. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, we're, we're up there. Man, we got a lot to talk about. We took last 227. week off. Damn, we, I'm we good. took, we took two, uh, last week off. But then when we take a week off, it's like having two weeks off, you know, because there's a Tuesday. Then we have our week break in between shows that we miss the week. And then it's two weeks. A lot of happens, you know. A lot in the world happens. Yes, like we could. I'm, we could I'm waiting for the the. Okay, what what's, what happened? Well, I mean, we're going to talk a, a lot about right. it. We're going to start off with uh, the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather thing because it's the biggest <laughs> again. It's the biggest again. story though. If if I don't cover it, I think they take away my media card. And then um, we are, are going to talk about the Triple G fight versus uh, Jacobs, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Carter. Motown Bully, um, he of course is the national uh, Golden Gloves champ. He's four and zero, four KOs. We just saw him on Showtime. He actually looked really good on Showtime. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be in studio, Jimmy. And if okay. you remember, he was the you know he's the heavyweight. Yeah, kid. I remember. Marcus. Is he not coming? He's not coming, but we're doing a phone call at eight somewhere in there. Okay. So you remember he promised me he wouldn't turn pro. Yes. He okay, turned so, pro. Oh, he yeah. turned pro yeah. on me. So I razzed him <laughs> like every a couple time. fights ago. But I was going to punish him if he came in today. Okay. Whether it be push ups or something. Like he, he still has not repaid his debt for breaking a promise to me. Okay. I let him know every time that you broke that promise <laughs> on the undercard. We've never been lied to directly to our face on right. the undercard. And he has done it. So I think he was scared. He's like, I'll do it over the phone. Okay. But when we do get you in the studio, Marcus, we are going to be. Badass on you, man. Drew, I mean, just I, I got a couple of uh, military smoke sessions. We'll, right. I'll, we'll put you through. Yeah, we might make you eat like slow cooked pork no, until you get puke. No, or no, something no. like that. It don't even. I, I can make them puke. I don't even need slow cut, slow cooked pork or anything like that. Give me ten minutes with him. He'll be puking. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll figure something out. You gotta you gotta pay the piper, buddy. And you know you can run. But you you can't hide from the undercard. We'll get you <laughs> eventually fucking in here. Uh, I, you know he's a good kid though. So, but and we'll talk to him about he he's got the knack of finding his way on everybody's card right now, which is difficult to do. Uh, we'll ask him how he does that. He's he's bouncing from promoter to promoter, um, and getting fights. So we'll, we'll cover that. Also, we got to cover um. God, uh, Tom Brady's jerseys were found. How much money was spent on that by the FBI, oh by the God. way? You know, if, if you are missing a child, and God, hopefully not, just realize they spent more money finding two fucking jerseys from the Super Bowl than they are looking for your kid right now, which is well, just, you don't, just unheard of. You don't call the FBI if your child gets stolen. You call Liam Neeson. 
<laughs> I don't I know a very you particular are. set of skills. Yeah, and he I don't just know who you are. He just sits by the phone and you pay him by the <laughs> right, hour exactly. hoping they call. And that's and all you do is you say here's the number to call and he just right. calls whatever number and goes, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. Exactly. I don't have any money for what I do. It's a particular set of skills. <laughs> skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, as soon as he's in your house, though, he's on the clock. So you're waiting for the ransom call. Right. You're exactly. Like, like this guy's getting a yes. lot of money right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of money, right. but I will take a ham and cheese sandwich. Exactly. He probably wouldn't be uplifting, though, at the kitchen table. He'd be like, this one time I saved my daughter. And I'd be like, that was fiction. <laughs> well, this one time. Well, took you my know, wife. I mean. That was fiction. <laughs> and this other time, they took my wife and me and my daughter. And then there was this other time. <laughs> no, there was no other time. Maybe you're just a bad parent. You ever think about that? Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. Somebody said that at one point, if there's another Taken movie, you're just a bad parent. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we got to cover the Tom Brady thing because I mean, that's just, I mean, he got his jerseys back. I'm happy for who the F cares. First of all, it's Tom F and Brady. He should not get a lick of day from anybody or anything. I like second of all, it's a Jersey who the F cares. There are far more pressing issues in the world than finding Tom Brady's effing jersey. Well, the thing is, though, uh, you know, for sure, I, I, I guess you could loosely say the undercard's entertainment, but I do write for Fight News, so I am technically a journalist. It was a journalist that did it. Motherfucking journalist. Well, media of course it was. Like, I've never stolen anything. Out well, the no, the but I'm saying it's the only person who would have had access to get it, it would have been somebody from the media. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it wouldn't have been any of his teammates. It wouldn't have been anybody from the crew because I'm, you know, people that work for the uh, the Patriots or whatever because they searched all of them. That would have been like first thing that they searched, you know. They would have searched all of them. They would have searched the people that work at the stadium. They would have searched, you know, everybody. So the only people that would have had access to the locker room would have been the media. So, of course, it was somebody from the media. Damn it. Gotta bring, make us look bad. But wasn't it found like overseas or something? It was found in Mexico, which yeah. gives another reason to build a wall. Keep the media oh, out. God. Yeah. Mexican well, media. Keep the media out, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take all the lawyers, the politicians, and most of the media. We'll put them in Mexico. We'll take all the Mexicans. We'll bring them here in the States. Ah. And then we'll build the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which down there, football is soccer. So football. I don't it's know. Not what, football, it's football. Right. And I don't know what he was going to get for it down on, uh, oh, but you know. no, because Mexico, yeah, I mean, they, they know American football. They know American football. And yeah, I'm sure that he would have gotten some. Well, no, but see, the thing is, is he's not going to. He's not going to uh, sell it to uh, a native. He's going to sell it to some gringo on on freaking vacation from the states. Yeah, but if okay, so, so racist. Yeah, no, you can no, say you can you, say gringo. Yeah, because we're the gringos. Yeah, we're gringos. <laughs> no, I'm just the uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. But the the other thing is like, and I, and this is the part of Ocean's Eleven movies that I really like. <laughs> Um, how do you buy something illegal and then who do you tell that you have illegal, whether it be stolen art? Like, you, they're still missing one of the scream things, you know, that one of the paintings, there was four of them. 
one oh, of them yes. still yeah, missing, yeah. the Edward yeah. Munch. And a lot of times they just destroy him because there's nothing they can do with him. They're, a, if you get found with him, you're going away to jail for a while. Right. And B, you can't move it on the black black market. You can move it on the black market. You just have to be careful with it. Right. So how are you going right. to move a Tom Brady jersey when, you don't. It, when the FBI is looking for well, it? You don't move it. You You sell it. And then it becomes another guy's problem. Because if you sell it down in Mexico, the FBI isn't going to, they're not going to go chase down somebody from. But they chased them down in Mexico. No, I'm you saying. to bring up the story. I think what, was... what I'm saying is if you sell it to somebody in the States and that guy brings it back over from the States because it's been sold, they're not going to go after the guy that sold it. They're going to have to go after the guy that bought it. I want to know why he had another Super Bowl jersey with him from like two years previous to that. Because he stole that one too. No, I know. No, but he had that the same day. Like, I don't know if it was a luck thing or like I he think still just, has an unpacked from that Super Bowl. Well, I think it, like, I don't I, know what it was. I think he was trying to offload both of them at the same time. No, why'd Tom Brady have them that night? It has a different patch. Oh, oh, it, oh, it's, oh, it's a different oh, Super Bowl. Oh, like, was it a superstition oh. thing? Was it like I, had you, you not know, unpacked from a couple years ago? I, you know what? Maybe or Tom Brady was in on it. And he's just trying to regain dun, dun, relevance. Dun, dun, you know, dun, dun. he knew he knew that everybody hates him, and no, he I wanted love to, Tom Brady. No, everybody hates him. I love Tom. And, Brady. <laughs> well, you, yeah, but you, the majority of people hate Tom Brady. No, if you're not if you're not from you know uh, New England or whatever, most most people hate Tom Brady. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and so yeah, he was probably in on it then. So that people felt bad for him. And, oh, poor Tom Brady. And uh, really quickly, we'll touch on this before we get in the nuts and bolts of the undercard. But um, speaking of Michigan, the University yeah. of Michigan basketball team. Yeah, they're doing great. They're in the Sweet 16. Right. Almost die in a car, uh, plane accident. Yes. And since then, life is a little <laughs> bit more clear. It's just <laughs> a game. And they've yep. not lost since then. No. What a great story. I know. If they win it all, they'll make a movie about them. Absolutely. The miracle team. Got to win it all. Yep. They got to win it all. You know what? Honestly, even if they don't win it all, if they make it to the final game, they'll still make a movie about them. If, even if they lose the final game, they'll still make a movie about it because there is still, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, um, pride in defeat or they're still, you know, like... The miracle team that made it all the way, but didn't quite, you know, went the distance, but didn't quite win the championship. Still, the fact that they went that far, you know, they'll they'll make a movie about them. Absolutely. Let's just recap what they went through. Uh, so that big windstorm that that hit Michigan and all those people lost power, DT and everything. Uh, uh, wind shear hits the plane. The guy has to uh, make a. Emergency landing. Emergency landing. The plane slides off. So they survived that. The next day, they got to wake up early because they got a game in Washington, D.C. and hop on another plane. Yeah, because the cargo hold is underneath the belly of the plane and the plane still be investigated. They had all their jerseys in there because they bring their backup jerseys. Mm-hmm. So they had to win the game in a practice jersey after arriving to the venue like the minimum 40 minutes or 50 minutes before the game win every game in the big 10 tournament to be mm-hmm. big tick champions and then just knocked off louisville yeah they're in the sweet 16 yep. that's a sweet story and i've story. I, i've met coach beeline a lot of times he's he's actually one of the nicest guys thank you he's Name actually dropping. one of the i'll pull up the freaking <laughs> pictures right now and uh <laughs> uh actually one of one of those pictures i look good in that's pre all these 
things we were talking about earlier. Are, are you bringing it every time Brad's narcissistic? Yep. Okay. okay. Anyways, he's a good guy. Couldn't happen to better. But then I feel for this team. Like, I want him to win. You yeah. Know? And uh, well, there's even people like there are even Michigan State fans that like, yeah, you Valenti. know, they were rooting. Huh? Valenti. Yeah. Well, they were, uh, you know, they were they're like, oh, yeah, we want our team to win. But as soon as state lost or whatever, they're like, go blue, you know, because of how miraculous this has been. Yeah. Not just a Michigan thing, but also, you know, let's root for these guys because of what they've been through. Mm hmm. So uh, they face Oregon on Thursday. Hopefully they can continue winning, at least make the final four and, and, and make a movie. So go go blue, go University of Michigan uh, basketball. And it's so funny, too, because, like, uh, I mean, that could have ended horribly. You, If you think about how many teams travel, Marshall, you remember? Yeah. Their oh, yeah. Football program was wiped out. Uh, uh, Russian hockey team. Uh, was like five years ago. It's amazing more yeah. of this doesn't happen to sports teams because they're always in the air. Um, but also flying is one of the safest ways to travel. So I mean, correct. <laughs> but I was just—I'm saying. sure there were more teams that lost teams when they were like riding around like on buses and stuff because of accidents and things of that nature. I think Ricky. <laughs> I won't go just, there. I won't go there. I was going to say, I think the big bopper would have took the bus now in retrospect. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. 40 years ago. Doesn't too matter. Soon, too, too soon. soon. Not my Ricci. It was longer than that. Oh, my God. Not my Ricci. That was like 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think he would have took the bus without the heat now. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe just a little, take a different plane. No, dude. Maybe those fly planes, commercial. I've made the mistake of flying on those planes twice. One from the UP. The, 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 the puddle the jumpers. Ones, yeah. yeah. And then when I was fearless, Brad, before I had a kid, uh, the first <laughs> girlfriend I ever dated, we went on a sightseeing tour up and down the Detroit <clears throat> River. And literally the guy had to like untarp his plane and like was checking stuff underneath. He's like, I think I can. Get yeah, we're good. And I'm like, in retrospect, stupid, stupid, stupid. Because, like, he was like, I don't know, it's, she's not been out in a while. Tell you what, Brad, fast rope off of a, a Black Hawk helicopter, and then you can talk to me about... But the Black about... Hawk the Black Hawk helicopter is used, and you guys maintain it pretty well. This guy, literally, you went to the Groziel Airport, you give him 40 bucks, yeah. and he was going to his plane going... I know. She's not been up in a while, but let's see what, what can happen. <laughs> like, you know? I know what you're saying. Yeah, so, like... I know what you're saying. You know. But you stayed in the plane. Right. Yeah. And I want to tell you, and by the way, if I do own a plane and Ring Girl Taylor's here in, in Rochelle, never fly with me because I'm on a car that has an oil change like 10,000 miles ago. I, well, I, you, but see, if you own a plane, you don't do the maintenance on it. You have a maintenance guy that does it. And I don't do my oil change, but I don't have enough time. So don't fly right. with me. So I'm saying, but if you owned a plane, you wouldn't be doing those things. You would have a maintenance guy that did it for you. Scheduled. Scheduled, right. Okay. A Which doesn't require guy. you to be there. Exactly. You, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. You you own the plane, you pay for the hangar, and then you pay them like X amount of dollars, and they have a maintenance guy that comes in, does the oil changes, checks all the electronics, checks everything, and then gives it, you know, the seal of approval or whatever. And then you that way you don't plan. have to you don't have to worry about it. You Jimmy, you know how many times I run out of gas? Not because I don't have money. I just chance it. <laughs> and I run out. Like okay, I, I would be a terrible that's pilot. That's why I but wouldn't if fly I'm with driving, you. I can tell in the car. Yeah. If we need to get gas yes, now, or we can we can yeah. go. But see, that's why I wouldn't fly with you. No, I wouldn't fly with me either. No. 
Like I'm telling you, the thing would not be well maintained. If you if you own a plane, I'll f- I'll fly the plane. No, oh, you're see, missing the he point. Would be, would he would be like flying the plane. Oh, hold on, I gotta answer this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say for to do up in the air than it is on the ground. Not really. I don't know about not that. Really. I heard of a plane going down because the pilot was texting. That's because they don't when they fly. Like they turn their phones off. Because the 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 phone messes with the equipment, Let so me t- your phone is off. Is your phone off? Ah, uh, no. I've off watched Top Gun forty times. <laughs> Sully once. I consider myself an expert on birds flight? going in the engine. Flight? And then yeah, yeah I watch flight, flight too. <laughs> uh, I, I consider myself experts in certain situations. Okay, especially if birds go in the engine. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have a forced water landing right now. Yeah, I'm not gonna make it back to Newark. Mm-hmm. Our children will not be allowed in the in the plane. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I would not. <laughs> Do you know the royal family? They can't fly. Yes, uh, I know. Yeah. Well, That's smart to it to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like the prince can't fly with his dad. You don't want to break the the line. The line. Right. right. Yes. They can't all die in one fiery plane crash. Right. Right. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. yeah. Man, you, we're I mean, you've seen. Subject. I mean, you've seen King Ralph. God, wow, yeah, really? Yeah. It was like oh, 10? I, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's on uh, uh, on demand it, on like HBO it. or something. But yeah, King Ralph, when the entire royal royal family line is all fried because of uh, they were taking a picture and uh, they the electric or whatever fried them all. It's so, a yeah. pleasant subject. Let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, we we said we'd never talk Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather again, but now we have to because this thing's gonna happen. Uh, the good news is it's good for our radio show. Yeah. It really is. It's good for the ring I girls. still don't. It's good for everybody. I don't. I just. How's it good for I you, don't, Taylor? <laughs> I just don't know if it's actually going to happen. No, it's going to happen. I don't. Dana White was on Dana White night. says so. Yeah, now he Who says so. Who the F cares? He, somebody needs to sh- uh, sew his mouth shut. Jimmy said that, not me. So my media credential is still. <laughs> I don't care. I have never uh, gotten a media credential. I don't get to go to things. I just invited you to Sunday's event and you're like, I, I can't. can't. I can't go. Okay. Just yeah. Down the street from you too. Yeah, I know, but I can't go. I have I another prior you. commitment. No. Um. Now that Dana White admitted it was on, what was it on Conan? What was it? Uh, let me find out. He, he admits that it's going to happen. He says there's too much money happening. Uh, they were saying June 10th. It won't be June 10th. It'll be in September. T- it, maybe it was, was it on TMZ? It'll be September because there is just too much freaking money to make from this fight. Oh, September September is going to be a busy month for fights. Correct. So here's what we need to analyze because you got the, the pure boxing people saying that this is terrible. He shouldn't get his 50th win talking about Mayweather this way. Uh, somebody that's 49 and 0 shouldn't fight. Uh, you know, somebody that's not made their pro debut in boxing. Um, I say just enjoy it if you're a boxing fan. And here's why. Any attention to the sport is good. Maybe somebody who isn't familiar with boxing but is a huge MMA fan comes to this spectacle, this circus, or buys it in pay-per-view or goes to your local Hooters and watches it. And in turn... Becomes a fan of boxing. I don't see too much of a lose-lose here. I do like the fact that um, it's in headlines. It's on USA Today. It's it's everywhere. Um, 
Conor McGregor uh, called out. So there, there's one media guy who's the biggest media guy in boxing. It's Dan Raphael. He's from ESPN. And Conor McGregor didn't know who he was. And on Friday night, this is the pre the uh, Triple G Jacobs fight. There was uh, uh, my mind went blank. Uh, the Irish kid that made his debut at uh, Madison Square Gardens the night before. Oh, anyways, uh, he asked somebody in the ring, who is that guy? And somebody said, that's the boxing guy. And so then Conor McGregor on his way out decides to make this huge scene with Dan Raphael saying, oh, you're the boxing guy. I'm the boxing guy. I am boxing. There's video of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that hurts him because I don't think you want the boxing media really rooting that much against you. But let's let's be clear. Dan Raphael, as much as as well as his article was written uh, the following day. Um, he acted like he was mad that Connor kind of did it or that I'm the boxing guy kind of from the boxing guy. Dan Raphael will make a lot of money if this fight happens. Yeah. Everybody will make Everybody a lot of money. Everybody will make a lot of money. So let's just, I mean, and if you're not a part of the industry and you, you choose that, um, you know, $100, the pay-per-view is too much. I don't want to buy it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it and you can continue watching boxing or you can continue watching MMA and not have to worry about anything that's going on with this. Um, I mean, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this over and over and over and over again. Because this thing wasn't I the one that when we were talking about all this and you're like, no, they're never going to do it because there's no way. But no, wait, I want to use. What I said, and I want to use your exact exact words that you just said. Guys, we're going to do this again. I was here last time. <laughs> <laughs> I like said the last time that we talked about it and you said no, because, you know, it's a no win situation. I said it's nothing but a win win situation. And those are the exact words you just use yourself It is a win win for everybody. I said the same thing the last time we talked about this Would you like and you didn't believe me. <laughs> and you didn't believe me, but now no. that it's going to happen, now all of a sudden, all of a sudden you come to my camp. No, I I, I think it's a win for everybody. But I think Conor McGregor, it could maybe not be a win for. Um, sure, you'll make all the money that you ever need in the, the rest of your life. But I think that obviously if he's training for boxing, he's losing his prime time. Or, for MMA. Right, yes. MMA in his prime. Um. I think there's a 5% chance he could beat Mayweather. 95% chance Mayweather just schools him. Uh, Scott the Gator Anderson on 97.1, we got to give him credit, compared, did the best uh, analogy to this. He said that, imagine Conor McGregor's a decathlon athlete. Mm -hmm. Really good at the long jump, really good at the high jump. But to... Compete just against the best in high jump in the world, the guys that only do high jump, mm-hmm. he would be middle of the pack. So Conor McGregor is yeah. pretty good at boxing, yep. pretty good at jujitsu, right. pretty good at judo, all those right. things. But to go against somebody who's been boxing since he was under 10, yeah. it's all he knows. Yeah. There's probably no chance, no matter the age. That's yeah. the only advantage Conor has, by the way, is age. Yeah. Um, there's probably no way that Conor McGregor wins it. What I, uh, early prediction, Conor McGregor gets frustrated, 
loses some points, low blows, head bunts, probably gets disqualified <laughs> and everybody I want to see him gets... pick I actually want to see him pick up Mayweather and take him to the ground just once. Forget he, about it. Forget about it and just do it once. But can you imagine how many people would be mad if it was a disqualification? It probably, oh yeah. And you know what? That's probably probably might happen. Yeah. I, I could see Conor McGregor. Double leg takedown, just get right. him out position, just uh, wail on him before he forgets. But boxing is a circus. I yeah. mean, the stuff I see behind the scenes, the stuff I see um, every day from sources or, or hear from sources and stuff. I mean, this is fitting. This lands uh, lands on our lap. Back when, who, who went against the woman in uh, tennis and lost? Billie Jean King? Who was that? Who went against Billy J. King? Yeah, who was the who was the guy that went against the woman? Uh, and lost. Hold on, I gotta I gotta look it up. Hold like on. that's tennis. That's like sophisticated. That's polos and that's like bleach and Ray Bans. That's like that's nice. Boxing, yeah, we have a CD pass. Like this, this is perfect at our doorstep. This is this is uh, what we live for. This isn't proper uh, golf or tennis. Who was that? I mean, it was before I'm, I'm I was looking. Born. I'm looking. Hold on. I got to. Uh, and the woman won, right? On tennis? Taylor does yeah. not. Oh, yeah. Taylor. It was. Uh, really good tennis lady. I know. Uh, Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs lost. Bobby. Uh, uh, so hold on. Between a man and a woman, the first match. Uh, hold on. I got to find. I got to find it. Hold on. Right. In the um, meantime. Hey! Yeah, keep walk, keep walk, keep Holy walking. Holy cow! We got Trice over there so in the corner. Snuck in here. He's like a ninja. That's hilarious. British ninja. <laughs> British oh, where ninja. Are you? Uh, Riggs, core Riggs first. Yeah, King. Move somewhere else if you want. No, you're fine. No, so as he as he's finding this information, that circus for tennis, not good for us. Hey, this is what we deal with every day. Um, so this, I mean, this is perfect at our doorstep. We'll, we'll embrace it. And I, I do, I am starting to look at the dollar signs of it. So I'm like, you know, why not? Like, let's just have, I mean, you know, more people listen to the undercard. That's all we care about. Um, you know, it is funny though, Jimmy, because we gotta, we will, we will stomp our feet and lay the claim to it. Nobody talked MMA and boxing. Then that little show called the undercard comes mm-hmm. along. It's true though. It is true. Like freaking, like you can't. Can't buzz that. Yes, I can. Everybody told me this would fail. They're like, oh, boxing MMA show, they're different sports. Didn't they're fail. We're, we're celebrating four years. Yeah. Uh, and if you go back to when the undercard was a uh, TV show concept, all that crap, freaking, uh, God, five, five and a half. Long time. Did you yeah. find out? Yeah. Uh, King won. Uh, yeah. King won. It was in 1973. That's a pretty good day for women. Yeah. Well, but everybody, but everybody says that, well, she was 26 years younger and it was more of an age versus youth and not really a man versus a woman and kind of thing like that. So that's the, that's the problem with Floyd Mayweather. He, He wins. He's supposed to win. Right. Exactly. If he looks bad, why didn't you take care of him earlier? Right. Uh, there's rumors going out and around there, and these are just rumors, and I, I believe they're coming from the MMA sources that Mayweather maybe made a bad investment or something and he needs money again. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. Really? What Mayweather I, makes a bad investment. I wouldn't I know would anything have about never thought. that, but I would know about spending, and I could see him spending and needing more money. 
I don't think Floyd will ever have enough money. He's one of those guys in Monopoly that, like, even though he owns the whole board, you still have a chance of winning somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could get his money. You know what I'm saying? No, I. <laughs> okay, so like he he right now he owns the whole board on Monopoly. Okay, he has a lot of stake in boxing, right? Right. But I could see a smaller promoter somehow coming back and being better than Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? He has got the money that it's it's tough to explain. Uh, but what what does that have to do with if he owns the entire board? But a you, couple spaces. But a couple spaces. Okay, fine. But then in order for that to, for the analogy that you're trying to go is that he would have to be spending more than what he's taking in in order to need that money. So he would have to own the whole board, but keep building condos, even though he doesn't need to build condos. Right. The one thing that I find very interesting I don't is, play Monopoly. is that... Don't. It, it wrecks families. Uh <laughs> No, no big endorsement deals. He had uh, the watch company uh, when he fought, I think, Manny Pacquiao. But no no major endorsement deals for somebody that is that high profile, which would help alleviate any financial stress he may, mm-hmm. be, may or not be having. I, he may not be having. Like I said, those are rumors. Um, but the cool thing is... If, I if think he's just blowing it all on blowing hookers. I mean... No, no. He's, he's straight edge. He does not touch anything. Big Macs. But he yeah, does eat Big Actually, Macs I was going to say, you know. Before a fight. Yeah. He, he's straight edge. He, he takes care of his body I really know. well. I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I don't want to recap too much, but Mayweather is going to outwork him in the gym. Yep. No, nothing Connor can do about that. No. Um, well, he could try to do the same amount of work. Uh, after that, though, uh, it's not far-fetched for Connor to end up in wrestling. I mean, that's... Uh, oh, you mean like WWE? I mean, mm-hmm. he has to be heading. Yeah. Everything he does, eh. even the Dan Raphael thing, if you watch the video, it is so wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's I so just over don't, the top. I felt dirty I just watching don't, it. I, was like, I just don't, like, I don't... <sighs> if, if he did go to wrestling, it wouldn't be WWE, though, because honestly, if he went to the WWE, everybody would think that... You know, okay, it's Conor McGregor, but you're basically just rehashing Seamus, which is exactly the same character. The hot-tempered Irish dude, which is what Seamus' gig is. But he's and the real deal. He's, he's but, such a nice guy, though. But he's Seamus? also... Yeah, I met him. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they're all... 98% of all professional wrestlers are just super nice guys. Mm. Sip Hogan? 98%. Hogan? Hogan? 98%. There's the 2% uh, that are... She dicks. disagrees. Okay. There was a guy that came to Taylor for the WWE at the show. Oh, what was his name? I was like, oh, I'll never work in Taylor again because it's just this promotion was just terrible. Um, Dolph. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Oh, yeah. He's one of the 2%. He was so like snooty and yeah. whatnot. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he's one of the two percent. Seamus was super cool. Everyone was like, oh, here's a bottle of whatever. Happy yeah. St. Patrick's Day. And he was just so like giddy and happy <laughs> talking to everyone. Yeah. He's a giant though. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too is you got Seamus who's gigantic, and then you got Conor McGregor who's tiny. But uh, the two idiots that wear masks, the Mexican uh, fighters. Uh, you're talking about the luchadors? No, no, the no. Guys no. with the tail? Gold dust? No, 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 God, no. no. Uh, he, Rey Mysterio and stuff. Those guys are small. Yeah, you that's can what have I'm small saying. guys, but fight. but but 
Conor McGregor, I don't think has the athleticism and the acrobatics that people like Rey Mysterio and stuff have. And if you're going to be his size, like that's your only, like you can't pretend to power, you know, through a guy like the big show. You, you have to have the aerial tricks in order to do that. I just want to say Mayweather beat the big show at WrestleMania. Oh I don't know the no, number. No, he didn't. No, he did. No, he didn't. He did. He did. He did. I mean, yes, he did, but Thank he you. didn't Thank beat you. the big show. <laughs> Thank you. He didn't beat the big show. The big show would have been able to pick him up by his head and go, little man, and just toss him into the, into the audience. I mean, come on. Off the, off subject really quick. When we were in on top rope review <laughs> God. the other day, the yeah, wrestling, right? when we went on top rope review the yeah. other day, yeah. like I, I, day. I, that was like a month ago, right, <laughs> right before the last pay per view. Uh, my wrestling knowledge isn't huge, yeah. right? But like, I was pulling out facts that were just blowing their mind with the Hogan helmet and stuff like that. I felt so cool. Like, I walked, yeah, right, exactly. I was like, I knew enough of like little crap that they're like, yeah. I don't remember that. And they're like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> high tap rope review. So back to it. Uh, I don't know. The over under on Connor going to WWE, it's probably. I don't, I don't. If they do, year. it would be like a one, a one time shot thing like he wouldn't become a staple he would just be somebody that they pull out for like big events you know like a wrestlemania type thing you know get a feud going with somebody and then that's it he wouldn't here's, he wouldn't be a staple wrestler here's the shit you're gonna get more injured as a wrestler than you would ever oh, god, as a yeah. fucking fighter oh god yeah oh yeah he was hey, in. Yeah, what? what i thought you were gonna say something and he interrupted you oh no okay no oh oh no no, you're going to get, uh, yeah. like Mick Foley's like, I don't even know how he's Well, alive. okay, hold on. <laughs> First of all, not every wrestler wrestles like Mick Foley. Sabu. Sa- well, I said not every wrestler. Sabu and like DBA and all them, they're a little bit different. But, um, you know, you got Mick Foley who, you know, if I don't know if you've ever read any of his autobiographies. They're actually really, really well written. I actually highly recommend them. A, because they're written by him, so it has a very personal feel. There's a lot of humor in it, a lot of like self, uh, deprivation. Um, but he basically says is like, I know I'm not the big beefcake, you know, kind of thing like that. So my gimmick was the guy who can take punishment. And that's what he built his career around. And so he had to step it up, you know, every time there's, um, there is a, uh, um, a death match that he did in Japan death that if you can match. ever, if you can ever find, I mean, what he did the WWE was nothing compared to the stuff that he did in Japan. Like they were, they were taking, um, uh, they had a ring. It was him versus Terry Funk. I think it was, they had the ring with C4 legitimate C4 scheduled to blow up in the middle of the ring. Not blow the ring up, but blow up in the middle of the ring. Each corner had plywood with barbed wire wrapped in it with C4 like on that. And instead of ropes, it's barbed wire. And that's what they wrestled in. And he got like just annihilated during that show. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to to find it and watch it, I mean, it's an it, it's amazing that he didn't literally die during that that match so you're saying japanese wrestling's better than w i'm saying it's it's more uh deathly 
That's why I we need say, to make America great again. We're, we're losing out <laughs> on wrestling, too. We're losing out on wrestling. Well, the, you would never be able to pass what they do in Japan here in the States. There's no way anybody here in the States would allow anything that happens we, there. We couldn't even do their game shows. We have Dancing with the Stars. They have, uh, no, they yeah. have a game show where they pull a porta job yeah. off the person. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's a game yep. show where you walk into a portage on these uh, Japanese people, and they're they're literally going number one, number two in there, and yeah. then they have a crane pull it, and then they're like exposed to like all these yeah. workers and stuff. That's their humor. That's their game shows. Yeah. And uh, there's tons of those things out there that oh, yeah. not even or pass or worse. Yeah. Far so worse. Canadian humor. So huh? Yeah. So what? Sounds like Canadian humor. Yeah, a little bit. But Kate, like Kate, like just for laughs. Gags sounds like that, but yeah. I think Canada probably has restrictions. Uh, we'll, we'll look it up. Some of the greatest moments in Japanese history. It's probably all humiliating. Oh yeah. Oh, there's. I mean, and it's like the the They're stuff so that. Dirty. Yeah, the stuff that they do over there would never pass mustard here with the censors or or anything like that. I mean, censors. It's just the yeah. There's no way. Well, I mean, it also has to do with the fact that America was founded by prudes. What's so. our rating on uh, iTunes? Can't What's be, our rating on iTunes? Can't be good. Our rating? Yeah. Do we have one yet? Has I don't even to. know. We've taken just, the time to, we, to We've just been us? on iTunes for five weeks, but I guarantee you our rating is not good. I haven't even been on it. I, how do I find the rating? I don't know. Are we NC-17 you, you have, yet? You find us under there, and then it should say underneath. I really want to be a PG-13 show. That's my goal. I want to be. A, I want to be Adventures in Babysitting, nineteen eighties. Nineteen eighties. Hold on. I did watch a a, uh, a Vice video on American uh, deathmatch wrestling, which looked really, really brutal. I don't know when that video was made. Was it ECW? I don't know. Okay. Because ECW is, it is too bright in here for you. No, no. Because uh, ECW cool. was basically. I just feel cool. This is the first time I've been on a radio show, so I'm keeping my shades on. See, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't feel that cool. I know. E- ECW oh, cool. <laughs> uh, basically took a lot it's of so the cool. ideas from Japanese wrestling and did that, but they were also weren't. Uh, well, look, they were more underground. <laughs> God Whatever. dang it, Rochelle! <laughs> they were. They were. They were more underground. <laughs> he was the I only take... one prepared for an eclipse, and now look what you did. <laughs> I take. Everything Rochelle says to hug. I feel like he needs a hug. Why'd you do that? I'll give him a hug later. For people listening, uh, she said something about his sunglasses and then he changed his regular glasses. Not cool, Rochelle. I don't know. I don't approve of bullying. (laughs) This Uh, goes back from when we used to work together a long time ago. (laughs) I know. Four weeks ago. It was a long time for me. God, it feels like you've been gone for months. I know. I need to come back and say hi. I don't know. Um, But I just can't bring myself. No, you don't want to go <laughs> to come into the building. Let's go yeah, to our first break. When we come back, we're going to break down Triple G, uh, Jacobs. Uh, what else did I have in in store for us? I had written down some other stuff. You can tell these last two weeks I've been doing lots of show prep. So we <laughs> tons of show prep. Uh, so about that whiteboard, we have fights yeah, coming up Friday. Sunday, oh yeah, so it's, yeah, so really quickly Sunday, Sunday. Today's show is Sunday. sponsored by The Road to the Belt. Doors open at 3.30 p.m. Fights start at 5 p.m. This is Sunday, March 26th. This is Championship Boxing, Jafar Promotions. Uh, tickets are as low as $30 for general admission. Where is this? Jafar. This is at Ford Community Performing Arts Center, or as some people call it, Dearborn Community Performing Arts Center. No, what's the, 15- what's the acronym? 
I got my, oh, Michigan Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48126. Uh, tickets are available at 313-502-1688, or they're also available at the door. I like it. It's a Sunday. I like it that it's a five o'clock start. These are all things that appeal to me. So you guys, no, I'm being serious. I, afternoon boxing, that's sweet. Uh, sun, sun will still be out. It'll be fun. Uh, now with daylight savings time. We, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Michigan's trying okay, to get rid well, of it. Can we come back? I know. Can we come back to that? When we yes. Come back? come back. Break. Bathroom. <laughs> we'll be for listening to the undercard. Hand combat radio. Welcome back to episode, did we get? A 227. Number? 227. Uh, on the undercard. We are back. Uh, that was Jackson Brown, somebody's baby, piano acoustic version. It doesn't get better than that for my money. So I just wanted everybody to know that. I, I love Jackson Brown. <laughs> he does. I absolutely I'm love sorry. Jackson Brown. I mean, I'm only, I'm only judging you a little. Huh? He does. I'm only judging you a little. He said it would resent His music he means no, his, his music means more now than it ever did. Just say you can listen to some messages and his music and go, okay, well, that still applies. All right, so what do we got coming up? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk. I know. she's Say Daylight uh, Savings Time. No, no, no. We're going to talk Triple G first and uh, Jacobs, and then we'll, we'll we'll get around to Daylight Savings Time. Um, So big fight. Uh, Gennady Golovkin uh, went against uh, Daniel Jacobs, and this happened Saturday night at Madison Square Gardens. First off, good under, undercard, too. Chocolatito. Yep. Well, Roman <laughs> Gonzalez loses. So if you're playing at home or keeping score at home, my pound for pound list come April 1st will be really different. A lot has happened. Um, so I scored the, the bout in favor of Jacobs. I'm actually going to pull up my scorecard here. 114 to 113. Are you sure about that? I mean, if you're sure, I won't look at, look it up. Um, I'm good with numbers. I posted it online. But here we go. So I had uh, Jacobs winning 114 to 113. Uh, but Golovkin <laughs> won the decision. But let's not forget there was a 10-8 round in which Golovkin knocked him down in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought Jacobs looked like he did more. My, that here, was the second round. No, it was fourth for sure. I scored it. Fourth. 10-8. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I'm not mad that Golovkin won. Because it was a tough fight to score. I know that's the old cliche, but it really was. Uh, I just thought Jacobs did enough, but then some people thought Golovkin did enough. Uh, there was a, well, somebody did have it a draw. One of the judges had it a draw. The other two had it for Golovkin. Um, so this just messes up everything, uh, for boxing because now you have. I don't know what that was about. I don't know. Now, now you have. Um, Doritos on air. <laughs> now you have a situation in which what was supposed to happen was Golovkin was supposed to walk through Jacobs and uh, Canelo was supposed to walk through Chavez Jr. here uh, come Cinco de Mayo, May 6th. And now Golovkin didn't look his best. He had Well, a this is the first time he's went to decision in how long? It's been a while. He knocks Like 23 fights? It's been a while. Um, he was facing a Jacobs who didn't weigh in the day of. So the IBF, which is one of the sanctioning bodies who has a belt, has a rule that you can't gain more than 10 pounds the following day. And Jacobs purposely, this is my opinion, missed uh, the weigh-in because his his idea was I'm going to come in a lot bigger than Golovkin. 
and nullify Golovkin's power. Now, the knockdown that happened in the fourth round wasn't that powerful of a knockdown. Uh, he he caught him twice, and then he, he kind of was falling down it on his more, way down. Yeah, like a slip. Of, and and Jacobs wasn't it. hurt. He waited, ate, got up. Um, as the fight went on, I thought Jacobs looked strong. Uh, but now we're in this predicament of what we have here is um, a situation which I think without a doubt Canelo probably beats Triple G. I know some people out there still think Triple G can beat Canelo. Um, some people think that it was age. Max Kellerman actually said it was age. A friend of mine and a friend of the show also thought maybe it's age. You got to remember that Golovkin's fought how many times amateur? It's, it's in the hundreds. And how many times he's fought. And the thing is that just like we take breaks from the radio show, it can become a routine in which that without breaks and Golovkin hasn't taken breaks, that maybe it's just we caught him on a bad night. He didn't look as strong as he, he normally does. I tell you what, his power definitely didn't look there. Um, and we have a situation where Jacobs should get a rematch, which would mess up everything for Canelo this fall. Um, Golovkin's talking Billy Joe, uh, Billy Joe over in Europe too. Um, so this whole thing's a mess now. Um, there's an outside theory, and this is almost like conspiracy theorists, that say that Golovkin Ooh. did this purposely to lure Canelo out of the weeds and, and, and lure him in. But he almost lost, so I don't think you purposely almost lose. Someone's calling in. Uh, yeah, so we'll take a caller. Hello, welcome to the undercard. Hello? Hey, Brad. What's hey. going on, Aaron? How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Good. We're talking Triple G, uh, Jacob. So I know you're you're gonna want to get in on this conversation. <laughs> I tried to uh, bring you up on uh, on Facebook here, but uh, I, I didn't hear any previous comments, so you got to forgive me on that one. No, that's okay. So I'm just kind of I'm listening through the phone here. So, but uh, so what'd you guys think? I had Jacobs one fourteen to one thirteen, even with the ten eight round in the fourth round. Um, but I said that it was a tough fight to score. So I could I'm not mad at somebody that said Golovkin won. What I did say previous before you got on here is that you could argue Jacobs deserves a rematch. You could also argue that maybe Golovkin, because he's fought so many times in a row, we just caught him on a bad night. Because, you know, not everybody has, you know, it is work at the end of the day. Everybody has a bad day. Um, we're just looking for answers. you want to throw some theories out there? Um, I, you and I spoke a little bit about it before, you know, and that's funny that you had, you had Jacobs winning by a round. I had Triple G winning by a round, but barely. I mean, like you said, the fight could have went either way. Um, there could be many factors coming in. Um you know, with his fight against Cal Brook, he didn't look that great. He got hit a lot. Um, you know, head into sparring, it could have, you know, for, for this fight, it, you know, his training couldn't have went well. And nobody's ever really talked about it. Really don't know. He could have got tore up a little bit in camp. Um, you know, you, you pointed out to me is the, the marks on his face during the press conference. And uh, his lips looked a little bit cut up. So maybe he had a rough camp. I don't know. Um, a big factor, I think, though, is Jacobs coming in a little bit heavier. Yeah, so, and by a little you know, bit, for sure over 10 pounds because he didn't hit the IBF uh, They were mandatory. guessing at least 20. Yeah, and, and some people were guessing 20. So he, he's looking, you know, he's fighting a light heavyweight. Yep. You know, now Jacobs saying, you know, hey, oh, his power, it was a myth. 
It never existed. Well, yeah, it existed. It just didn't exist against a bigger guy <laughs> on him. Um, when I look at him in his other fights, he destroys guys. I mean, guys that have, they're not as big as Jacob. So you got to look at him. You got to bring that factor into it as well. Right. Uh, the one point in the fight, uh, one of his jabs did send Jacobs into the corner. I, my favorite punch by, uh, Gennady is his jab because it is so powerful. It will force people back. There was a period where he abandoned the jab mid fight though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that disappeared, which was kind of crazy. And he was just kind of trying to get angles and throw hooks and, and land a big shot on Jacobs, but it just, it wasn't working out for him. And you know, the power he was taking the punches. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's next for him. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to see. I think he's going to go for the Canelo grab, to be honest with you, and make the money. Well, this so- of a rematch. So let's talk the business side of it. The numbers came out. It's a, uh, I think 150,000 people bought pay-per-view. Uh, that's the, the early numbers that are coming out, which are kind of, you know, low numbers. Uh, he didn't do himself any favors as a pay-per-view star, uh, with this fight with Jacobs. He almost needs Canelo now more than Canelo needed Golovkin before. It's weird how the sport works that way. Um, but. If you're a casual fan and you want to see Gennady Golovkin and you know the knockout streak and you caught that fight, that was not the Golovkin we've seen over the last six, seven years. No, and and if you read anything online, if you're a casual fan, that Jacobs pretty much came out the superstar because he withstood this knockout artist, you know? So when you look at the big picture. Hello? You still there? Oh, there you are. I think he needs Canelo. Yeah. You there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. You guys there? Yes. Okay. I think you're right. He needs Canelo more than he needs uh, anybody else, and Canelo needs him. Jacobs come on on the other side of this, on the good side, because he withstood, you know, a uh, uh, a knockout artist. So the line people are going to get in line to fight Jacobs. Who's Jacobs going to fight next? Billy Joe Saunders over in England. I don't know. We'll see. If if Golovkin doesn't fight him, that's probably his line. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'd like to see David Lemieux. I know he would be a lot bigger than David Lemieux, but I think David Lemieux, after his last performance, deserves to to get a good opponent. Is he ready for Canelo? No. I don't think – and you brought up a good point. I don't know if Canelo would touch uh, Lemieux because of that freak power. But um, uh, Golovkin systematically broke down Lemieux. So Lemieux would have to wait a couple years to get that rematch. Uh, do you think – Lemieux, who would be much smaller than Brooks, that fight would be entertaining at all. Against Glovakin now? No, no, uh, against, uh, against Jacobs. Jacobs. I would love to see that fight. But again, Jacobs, I think, would come in with the same mindset and the same physical attributes. I think that's going to be his ticket from now on. Because if he would stood a guy with that kind of power and that kind of accuracy, he's going to do that with every fight he goes into, if he can keep that up, mind you. You notice he's a bigger guy. Yep. You know, you notice after a while he's gonna he's gonna have to move up to super middleweight. Right. I don't know how long he can keep that up with his body. Um, he's been in the sport a long time. But um, yeah, I would love to see Jacobs and Lemieux. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Lemieux guy though. He reminds me of an Arturo Gatti. They even kind of sound alike. They're from the same uh, place in in Montreal. But uh, and they kind of reminded me of each other with their styles. Um. You know, obviously, Gotti didn't have that kind of power. Lemieux's got freakish power. Freakish power. He can end it at any moment. 
Uh, we, yeah. So so since we've last been here, we've not even talked the uh, Stevens uh, Lemieux fight. Lemieux in his corner thought that Stevens was dead. I mean that uh, Max Kellerman says from ringside that's the most vicious knockout. Which to me, I think I've seen better on uh, on TV. But he says that 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 was the most vicious. It looked like Stevens was in trouble there for a while. Um, he pissed off Lemieux though. Like the whole fight week, as yeah. as he does. Well, Lemieux didn't make yeah. any excuses for that, even if it was the case either, though. Yeah, right. And 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 if you saw Lemieux was talking to him during the fight. Yep. Like during while they were fighting, going, you know, talking, talking smack with them, and yeah, that was that is a scary knockout. You know, we watch it and it's entertainment for us, but you know, those guys put their their lives through hell, and you know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt. So when somebody goes down like that and goes out on a stretcher, it's super scary. You know, I remember Sergio Martinez knocking out Paul Williams. I'm like, ah, that's scary. You know, I, I just, you know, I've seen some brutal knockouts being a huge fan of boxing over the years. And, you know, when someone goes down like that, you just hope for the best. But uh, right now that's got my knockout of the year. It, it has to be knockout of the year. Uh, I know you're a boxing purist, so let's ask you. Uh, it looks like Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather is going to happen. Um, what's your, your thoughts uh-huh. on it? Um, well, to me, it's a sideshow. Um, here, let me give you a little bit of relevance. I'll show my age here. Back <laughs> in the day, nobody could beat Tyson with an invincible level. And they were looking at football players like Mark Gaston out to fight Tyson. You remember there was uh, people saying Hoist Gracie. You remember uh, Hoist Gracie, Ring Magazine said Hoist Gracie versus Mike Tyson. That would have not ended well for Hoist Gracie, by the way. No, not not at all. But uh, it bums. He won't beat McGregor, or he won't beat Mayweather, by no means. Um, You got somebody who's never had a boxing match in his entire life. He's always been into martial arts and MMA, and I understand. And I'm a fan of MMA. I'm just a boxing purist. I'm a huge fan of MMA. I'm a huge fan of martial arts, but it's not boxing. It's apples and oranges to me. So Mayweather is going to get a win on a guy who's never had an amateur boxing match. I mean, take that into measurement. So to me, it's a sideshow. It shouldn't count towards his record. See, that's where I'm it gets tough McGregor about get licensed for this. Eh? I know that's where it gets tough that Towards it shouldn't count, count for his record, though. You know, yeah, I'm surprised McGregor's going to get a license to fight Mayweather. Well, um, Nevada looks at how many hotel rooms they're going to sell. I, you remember, <laughs> Nevada's got two two cities in it. It's <laughs> Reno and it's Las Vegas. And this this you remember uh, when Mayweather was supposed to go to prison, they they withheld him from going to prison so he could fight because that's how much he makes that town money. So I think there's no question that it gets approved in Nevada if Conor McGregor goes, takes care of everything in Nevada. Sure. I mean, and then there's the UFC side of it. What, uh, uh, Dana, UFC's going to get a cut of this. Oh yeah. They just got there right now. They're, they're in the, I got my wallets open stage and whatever, whatever goes in it. That's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I didn't get to talk to you about this and I brought it up earlier in the show. And I'm going to give proper credit to it because this is the best analogy I've heard about this. And you'll appreciate this. Scott the Gator Anderson, believe it or not, on 97.1 said that it's like a decathlon athlete who is good at kind of everything, 
That's what Conor McGregor is. But yet, if he was to go, say the decathlon athlete was to go against the people that just competed in the high jump in, in nothing else, he, they would not do well. They would be middle of the pack against somebody that trained in the high jump his whole life. So over a 10 thing, you know, so what he was making as a comparison is that a little bit of boxing, a little bit of jujitsu, a little bit of judo, a little bit of wrestling. But compared to somebody who studied boxing his whole life, there's no chance he beats uh, Mayweather. And we can all say no chance, but he does have that puncher's chance. I gave him 5% earlier. I give him that. 5%. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't do it very soon and quickly, um, it's going to be a long night. And I even say they stop it. Yeah. Uh, maybe about the sixth round because he's going to be tagging him free willingly. Look what he did to his opponents when he's on. Dude, oh. He's going to be 41 by the time this soon right right yep he's gonna be uh no i think he's um, exactly a year older say, than yeah okay everybody can say well you know you know he has my that guy trains like nobody in the world mayweather and i guarantee you he's been training this whole time yep um mcgregor i'm a big fan of mcgregor i love him in mma i think he's he's awesome he makes no excuses when he loses and he gets up there and he does his thing but you're coming to our sport. Now, here's the bad part about it. Hypothetical situation and all the planets. And he beats Mayweather, which isn't going to happen, but say it does. Good for boxing. Nope. Mayweather wins, beats a am- guy who's never had an amateur fight. Is it good for boxing? Nope. That's where I, that's where I don't like this. I, I think it brings attention to our sport, though, so I, I, I'm for it, and I, I look at the the money that can be made on it, and you know what? Maybe, maybe I don't want to see more of these spectacles, but maybe boxing um, gets something out of it in that. You know what? Really quickly before we let you go, Aaron, and thanks for calling in, uh, if if I could go on a time machine and pick the one ref I'd want to judge this, it has to be uh, Judge Mills. Buddy, can you imagine him? Uh, oh, yeah. Can you imagine him reffing? Bill's lane be great. Can you imagine him doing great. that that fight between Conor McGregor and uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather? Like, okay, okay, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, like, uh, go in there, McGregor. <laughs> you know, stop, stop with the head. Stop with the head. He would be perfect for it. Unfortunately, uh, I can't. Uh, but I tell you what. In, in all joking aside, really, the ref pick whoever Nevada assigns to it because it's going to happen in Nevada matters a lot to Mayweather. Is that, is that ref going to allow him to be roughed up like Maidana did or even Ortiz did before he cheap shotted Ortiz? And yeah, you have to wonder as, as the commission, the unarmed commission, would they kind of know that in a, in effect when picking a ref? Right. You know, Kenny Bayless has always been uh, in Mayweather's fights when he, I don't know if you ever noticed that. Yeah. He was winning there with Maidana in there. I think he was in there with Ortiz, as a matter of fact. Well, I could be wrong on that one. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to take everything into consideration. Now, let me ask you this. You think that thing's only going to be 65 bucks? No, I think it'll be $99. I think it'll be 100 like For, standard definition. I think it's going to be 149 like high definition. And I think the cover charges at bars are going to be like 20 bucks. But you'll always remember where you were. It's like it's going to be like the Super Bowl. I couldn't tell you the teams that even played in the Super Bowl, but people watch the shit. I like I, so, I honestly know, think people are going to watch it. 
Right. Oh, God, everybody's going to watch this. It's going to be just, – just imagine when those two loudmouths get in each other's face on the stage Yep. for every press conference. It's going to be – it's going to be the Kardashians meet some what other white, crazy, stupid, <laughs> like horrible reality show. <laughs> we can't even think of an analogy for it. <laughs> this is going to create between MMA fans and boxing fans, and it's just going to be, and it's going to be a spectacle, and the fight's not going to live up to the hype. But how about the undercard? Uh, I mean, anybody. going to have all. No, fight MMA guys. no, 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 no. They have to make it a boxing pure card. Like, I mean, you, you, you get away with this think, because it's the two biggest stars, but you can't do it elsewise. You can't do it with everybody else. I don't, I don't want to see. No, then, then, then you, one of those, one of the, one of the Diaz bro. No, I don't want to see boxed, the, right? well, they, they, you <laughs> know what? They can start off fighting somebody that's O O and O or, or one and O or two and O and start their pro career. This is just it. It is what it is. It is a circus. It's it, only in our sport could this even be talked about or happen. Yeah. You know. So, but thank you so much for calling in, Aaron, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Absolutely, guys. All right, take All right, care. See ya. Take care. It was tough for me to know if Aaron was swearing and like Rochelle was like muting him, <laughs> so we get our PG thirteen rating, little, or he just had bad cell connection. Little column A, little column B, exactly because like he was really <laughs> intense when it would cut out. He'd be like, and you know what? It just makes me so much. And then that's what I was saying. <laughs> and then it's like it was almost like you were muting it, Rochelle. Yep. We got to do what's on tap. I'm actually drinking falling down beer out of uh, Domino's styrofoam cups for the environment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's pretty two cups. It's pretty yeah, pretty yeah. chilled in the styrofoam. Yeah, two <laughs> cups because I won't tell you what happened to the first one. And uh, do you want to go to a break after this, or what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, we'll go to a break okay. after Good that. Production going on. Here. All right. Yeah. Well, I promise for the fourth anniversary show, it is going to be amazing. It's going to be off the charts. Four years. It is going to be the best pre-production. Pyrotechnics. You guys have ever seen. I will. I don't. Because if that were true, pre-production for that show should have started last week. So we're already behind. I've already called for the red carpet arrival. The red carpet gets rolled out and all all our guests walk down the red carpet. Hired some paparazzi. Yeah. Okay. I don't buy it. All right. Uh, Can you, Rochelle, can you turn? Yes. Thank you. All right. Let me try that again. There we go. All right. Once again, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, March 23rd at uh, Indio, California on ESPN2, we have Jason Quigley versus Glenn Tapia. Uh, Ten rounds for the middleweights. Uh, March 25th. And Manche- Manchester, England on Showtime. We have uh, Jorge uh, Linares versus Anthony Crolla rematch. 12 rounds for Linares's WBA lightweight title. Uh, in Kansas, CBS Sportsnet, we have Nico Hernandez versus Patrick uh, Gutierrez. Six rounds for the flyweights. Uh, moving on to MMA. Uh, we have on March 25th, Invicta FC 22, uh, Avenger versus, uh, Kunis Kaya, uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. 
And that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. We're listening to the Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undercard. In the red corner, we have a man who wears his heart on his sleeve, undefeated in Marvel comic knowledge. He comes with us with a record of 25 Marvel movies and 25 DC comic movies. Jimmy the Doc P. And in the blue corner, we have a master of vagueness, a true Nostradamus of hand combat predictions. He comes to us with an unbelievable streak of predicting from parts unknown, Brad Kid Vegas Snyder. Ringo Taylor and executive producer Rochelle will be overseeing the contest. And we're back. We got to call uh, really quickly. Good job, Trice. That was awesome. Uh, we got to call uh, the Motown bully himself, Marcus Carter. Four and oh, four knockouts. Just a liar on the show. That's all he is. I've never really looked at the board from this thing. Hello, is this is this Marcus Carter? Hello. Hey, is this Marcus Carter? Hello. Hello, is this Marcus Carter? Yeah. This this is Brad with the undercard. How are you today? Good. I have to verify with you uh, that you are Marcus Carter. Could you answer one question really quick? One question. Did you promise on the undercard once that you wouldn't turn pro for a year and then turn pro for a year? Or is, is that this Marcus Carter? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? We are joined by Marcus, the Motown bully, Carter. He is coming off a huge win. On the card from uh, MGM Grand, he's four and zero with four knockouts. He's fighting again this Sunday at uh, the Ford Performing Arts Center. Uh, first off, let's talk about how quickly you've gotten four uh, wins. Uh, I was very impressed with your last win, and not so much because I, I, kn- I knew nothing about your opponent. I tried to get information about your opponent, but you look sharp and you systematically broke him down. You didn't get winded. You didn't rush it. Your power's there. I was very impressed with the win. It didn't matter uh, anything about your opponent. I can see you're maturing. Talk to us a little bit about this fight. Um, about this fight coming up. No, 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 no. The talk about the no talk about the fight at MGM. Oh, oh, the fight at MGM. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, the guy I fought, he was a debut guy. His his first fight, and um. So I went into the ring. I already knew the guy. You know, the guy was cut up and everything. And, he, you know, look at me. I'm just a big, solid, you know, guy. I know how he was cut up and nothing. But the first came the first round, he was kind of jittery. I knew he was, like, scared a bit, you know, to throw a few punches at me and stuff. But he threw some punches at me. But I landed big rights on him and um, kind of got him down the first time. He got right back up. Then came the second round. You know, I boxed him a little bit, 
And then came the third round, just I knocked him down again. He got right back up. Like then fourth round, the same thing happened over again. And then that was the end of the night. You get your your fourth knockout. Um, fourth so, knockout win. Uh, and you're actually mixing in a lot of training now. You've lost a lot of weight. Uh, tell everybody what you're you're fighting at now. Uh, you're a heavyweight, so it doesn't move you in weight classes and stuff. Yeah. But uh, what weight are you at right now? Um, I'm at 250. I fought when I first started off. I was at 325, and that was before I turned pro and. My, the promoters and managers were saying I need to lose the weight the weight because I had the skill but I just need the weight you know to get off me so I lost like 70 80 pounds quick it was quick because I was consistent you know in the gym every day running every day it wasn't hard but it was all about dedication do you mix in diet too as your diet changed obviously I, I i see you that you're running every morning and uh like i said you were in incredible shape at mgm grand you didn't look winded you, you broke them down uh is it diet too yeah my diet has changed um i eat a lot of a lot of salads my um my father uh bring he buys for me i drink a lot of water but after a fight i would like celebrate i would eat you know some junk food but it won't put that much weight on me because my metabolism is fast now, so it burns the weight as soon as I put it on. It burns, it burns it. So, um, talk to us a little bit about Sunday. Uh, do you know anything about your opponent? Uh, obviously, you're going for five and zero oh with five knockouts with uh, unbelievable yeah. power. Uh, what can you tell us about Sunday? Um, about Sunday, um, the opponent I'm fighting, like I said, he's two and four. I watched some footage of. He um he likes to stay long. He's six two, and my manager thought he was taller than me at first because you know how he looked so lanky. But he um he's six two, and um he he's decent. He's decent, but he can still. Oh, I think we missed the last part. What'd you say on the last part? Oh, I think he could still get knocked out by the pussy though. <laughs> now you're you're fighting for different promoters and stuff. Is it is this something that your manager's doing? I know a lot of people in Detroit want to do it, um, but you you've been able to get on the cards you want to and not not commit. Um, how are you able to do this? I, I'm sure everybody in Detroit wants to know. Everybody want to know that too. That's the secret question. My uh, my manager, everybody loves Mr. McWaters because that's my manager here, big time manager. Shout out to Christy Management. Um, he actually, the promoters actually love when I fight on their cards because I bring a lot of hype to the show. People love to come see me fight. So my last fight, I fought uh, at no, the fight after before I fought at MGM Grand, I fought at Motor City Casino. And Carlos, the promoter, he was like, "Man, I gotta have you on my card, every one of my cards, casino show." So I'm on his show. Any card he come up with, I'm on his show. Any show. Which and, um, what what I was gonna say is that puts you at a good pace. That you're 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 fighting a lot. That that's the number one problem people have is that um yeah. you you just fought at MGM and you're you're up again here in Dearborn. Yep, fighting back to back. They kind of moved me because I'm supposed to get a contract signing in June with a promoter. I don't know how much they're gonna try to offer me or sell me off to the promoter. 
So that's why I'm looking forward to to get a contract signed in June. Yeah, I should have got a contract signed when you said you would be an amateur, but I guess you, you are proving you are proving me wrong though. You're you're looking good out there. I want you to know that. I'm very proud of you. The Metro Detroit Golden Gloves is very proud of you because you go out there and you take care of business. Um Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, they're actually coming up March thirty first, April second. Uh what was your favorite memory fighting in the tournament? Not the national tournament, but fighting in the the Golden Gloves at home. What was your favorite uh memory? My favorite memory at the tournament, let me see. It's when, actually, it's when Gino Jones and Cortez Todd fought. They fight was so high. I just loved that they fight. And that Tony Harrison, you know, he came out to attend the fight, you know. Um, he showed love to the um, people at um, the Golden Gloves. That was my favorite memory. Now, out of all the great heavyweights that ever uh, fought in boxing, who who's your favorite heavyweight? Who who do you want to be like? My favorite heavyweight. That's tough. It's two that I, I copied their style, but I mixed it up a little bit. A little bit. It was Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali together, but I kind of like I don't know. It's a new heavyweight I like. That I ended up Deontay Wilder. Okay. But you can't but, like him no. too much because he's still out there and you're in a heavyweight division, so you never know. He can still get it, though. <laughs> he can still get it. He, he, he's not, he can't box. He just got a lot of power. That's it. All right. Well, we want to wish you the best of luck. We want to tell people tickets are still available. Uh, you can come watch First Bells at 5 p.m. this Sunday, March 26th, Ford Performing uh, Arts Center. And I can tell you this. Marcus, the Motown Bully Carter, will give you a knockout. This will not go to decision. This thing will end. It will end quickly. It will not be good for his opponent. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, Marcus, and we'll catch you after the show. Okay, catch you, Brad. All right, take care. That is Marcus, the Motown Bully Carter. Man, he's moving fast through his career. So the number one problem people have is they get with a promoter and they can't fight with the other promoters. He's fighting for everybody, so he's gonna get up there quick, ten and zero. And and you know what? I I, I do love the kid. He, he's so funny, and uh, we uh, really personal story here. But it's not like he would be embarrassed. But um, no one wanted to fight him at our uh, Metro Detroit Golden Glove uh, tournament. So he had uh, either a buy or only fought the last day. So we let him in charge of the VIP area. We're like, hey, they have to have a VIP ticket to get in this area and I look around and our VIP area has more than the general admission. Marcus just kept leading people in <laughs> and I go up to Marcus and I go, how'd these people all get in? And he goes, well, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> that guy said he had a ticket. And I was like, Marcus. So like two things about Marcus. One, if he, if he promises you something, get it on writing Two, do never let him in charge of a VIP area because it's going to be a disaster. So, uh, that was Marcus, the Motown bully Carter. I do encourage uh, everybody to come out and at least see him. So we were going to talk a little bit about daylight savings time because Michigan's looking to get rid of it. And I wanted to preface this by saying that I do like Michigan as a state, but then I also have a hate relationship for Michigan as a state. As as cool as it is to live in Michigan, it's also shitty to live in Michigan. And as winter goes by, uh, when we gain an extra hour of sunlight, it actually kind of makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like I go through like a week of like 
Things are getting better. Easter's coming. We're going to get out of this. And, of course, the Michigan legislators are trying to take this away from me. I don't even know how I'd react. Just you, Brad. Nobody else. <laughs> I feel personally <laughs> wrong about this. Yeah, but they talked about how it would affect businesses like golf courses and how it would – they'd lose so much money. Yeah. Well, it killed it the drive-in. Not like the drive-in wouldn't have died with high-definition TVs. Still there. But uh, it killed Fortel, the drive-in. baby. Yeah. Foretell, baby. Bring, bring your nine and then some. Yeah. Ford, Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. Go get popcorn. Might not come back. So I'm sorry. If they want to sponsor us, that's not true. I retract that whole statement, actually. I retract that whole thing. That would suck, you know. We were going to throw a lot of drive-in dollars at you. Yeah. And then you said that. I'd be like, oh. Oh, be like that contract didn't work. So for uh, half of the year, we'd be on Central Time. Is that how it would work? No, we we just wouldn't change too. over. Wouldn't right. uh, go. We wouldn't fall back, and we wouldn't spring forward. So we would be Eastern all the right. time, right? But so then we would be the same as Central Time. Yes, by default, because Eastern, unless all the states do it, right? If just Michigan does it, then Michigan would be on Central it's Time. Affect travel. That's going to affect a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. Well, it's just us voting on it. And so it's not Ohio, it's not Tennessee, it's not anybody. Um, and, and something tells me this is like pure Michigan behind it than that, that ad and stuff. But uh, Ring Girl Taylor, really quick. Yes. Do you like gaining the hour or would you run it every day, get an extra minute? Or do you like the fallback where you get to sleep an extra and you like gaining an hour? What, do you, what would you prefer? I don't really understand how they're going to. Get rid of it? Right. They probably don't I, know. Government don't... will mess it up. I don't know. I was I was listening to the radio, and uh, they're like, "Oh, it causes twenty five percent more risk of a heart attack and all this other stuff." What? Yeah, I don't. I don't know some other station, but how do they even prove that? There's some weak hearts because, out there. Yeah, some people just Can't get too upset change. about things. But um, yeah, because they get up an hour earlier, they're more stressed on their heart and that twenty five percent and all this other crap that comes together. I, I have no idea. I was listening to it. And I was like, what station am I even on? <laughs> how, how do you even fly to California if an extra hour is going to mess you up like that? that I, don't bad? Know. I mean, I went to Paris and Amsterdam and I was just, I was all messed up. It takes a little bit. But yeah, if you can't handle an hour, you can't leave like your time zone. It's all about that international Can't go to Chicago. Lifestyle. No, Chicago mess you up even. Huh? So would you like to keep it? Yeah. I mean, what's what's the point of? Something that's so pointless to go through all this work just. But does it. it make you happy like it makes me happy? Like that I mean, extra I'm not hour? Like, where oh, I'm... rainbows and sunshine, yeah. <laughs> it, it means something's <laughs> ending. What about you, Trice? Would you would you like the government to interfere with? Uh, first off, it was a government idea back in the day to save electricity and you know money and all that shit. Um, would you want us to go back to not jumping forward, not falling back? I'm not a fan of it in general. But I wouldn't like just Michigan to change. I think that's really messed up. I think that if you're going to do it, you got to do like the whole Eastern, you know, time zone. If we all agree to change, I'm totally down. Mm-hmm. Or if the entire United States decides to get rid of it. Or if the entire world, that would be the most ideal, right? But not just one. I mean, we're, we're, we're alienating ourselves more than we already are. Right. From the commerce and the trade that we're trying to do on a national level. I don't think. it's uh, Plus, I mean, I've been going to and from Chicago recently on gigs. So I, I understand that time change. And there's a little sliver of Indiana in between 
uh, Detroit and uh, sorry, in between Michigan and Illinois. And they don't change because they well, can't. But, yeah. Right, Indiana exactly. Doesn't. So I mean, it, it's just going to be like that that little strip of of like what time zone are we in? You know, before we get back to yeah. I, now, my favorite thing about Chicago, uh, speaking on the subject, is that so like when I go to a baseball game in Chicago, because they're so close to the border of the central time yeah. that it gets darker quicker there. So like my, my yeah. big pet peeve is like inning three or inning four where that sun's in your eyes until it goes down. So I do like that in Chicago that, you know, that part of it. What about you, Jimmy? Do you want to see it go away or does uh, spring no, eternal I'm, hope? I, no, I I. I, I'm in agreement that if if it's going to be done, like everybody has to get on board. It can't just yes. be Michigan or we need to shut our borders and build a wall around Michigan, and become our own little city state and F the rest of the world. <laughs> well, here here's the thing, though. Um, I think old timers would just be confused by it. I really do. <laughs> what time is it? Exactly. I don't know when I'm... Where am I? You remember when they were all hooked? Where's the, the sun? Where's the more sun? More than usual, though. I mean, come on. Are we no, really... You remember when they were really hook, line, really... hook line sinker for the uh, TV adapter that no one needed and yep. everyone went out and tried to go to get the TV adapter? Talking about the clapper? No, no the TV adapter. When they're we like, got rid of the bunny ears. They used to have commercials. They're like, if you don't have cable, you're gonna lose your TV. Go get your adapter. Oh yeah, the the digital right. yes, and which then, you have to have. But everybody was yeah. upsailed into stuff that they didn't need. Like you literally, you could got a free adapter from the government if right. you did something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they would walk into an ABC warehouse oh, and yeah. come out with like a surround sound system. Right. They're like, yeah. They're like, we need it or we won't have cable. You know, everything <laughs> surround sound. I don't know. What I just bought, but I know that I need it. Exactly. So it got five point one something. I think that means that I get five times the channels. I don't know. And really, they only need PBS. Oh, well, they're not going to have it anymore. Yeah, PBS. Womp 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 womp. I know. Hashtag thanks Trump. I know. Elmo said he was fired by Trump. Did you see Sesame Street? No. Yeah. He's like, I got fired by Trump. I got fired by Trump. Exactly. Elmo, Elmo time. Elmo die. Elmo time. Um, Let's see if Tori's. Oh, my bad. No, speaking. They they need Turner Classic Movies too. Yes. So they need two channels. They need. (laughs) No, uh, they need. PBS and Turner Classic Movies. They need PBS, Turner Classic Movies. And the Golf Channel. And and, And the Weather Channel. And the Golf Channel and the Weather Channel. People do watch it. And into the trap. And (laughs) they also need. um, What's the. um, Me TV. Which is all the old uh, TV shows like TV uh, Donna TV. Reed and Gunsmoke and like uh, it's called Me TV, like Nick it, at Night. Yeah, th- like what old Nick at Night used to be. Uh, yes, but it's called Me TV now. Uh, uh, it, it stands for um, oh god, I forget what the ME stands for. But uh, we take care of a ninety something year old. I think she's ninety four, ninety five. Friend of the family. She gotta still get lives her on the house. Today Show. Yeah, uh, she's 94, 95. She's got slight dementia. When's she, when's she um, gonna be on the undercard? <laughs> yeah, we, we're, she's not coming out of the house. I mean, you um, invited me on the undercard. <laughs> you're not 94, 95. But I have dementia. But she has, she has slight dementia. And, um, but anyways, that's the whole thing is, um, when we take care of her, one of the things that we have to do besides like make her dinner and all that kind of stuff like that is we need to make sure that the TV is turned a channel. I think it's like 3.1, which is me TV, which is all the old TV shows like Donna Reed and Gunsmoke and 
uh, Matlock and like all those. <laughs> so, Matlock! <laughs> I, I, I get <laughs> I get pounded in my head every day by the network that our demographic is 24 to 49 year old males. But that would be cool if we had an 85 or 90 where we could wish them like Willard Scott used to on the Today Show. Yeah, and we want to thank Virginia Graham for yeah. turning 108 and being well, an undercard listener. Well, I can I, say, I want that. I can I can say that she listens to our show. Yeah, you know Helen yeah. Frucci, Dearborn, Michigan. We'll call that a Marcus Carter. Marcus Carter. That's when okay. you're saying something not truthful. Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, no, honestly, I- I'll tell you this. She would listen to our show if I, if I turn, if I, well, she would have to get a computer first, but if I got a computer and I just put it on podcast Detroit and just let it sit, it would never go off. She would never hear it, but it would never go off. Good for us. Yeah. Let's go back to what ME stands for. I mean, uh, I think uh, it could on. be like muscular something uh, and then like the. On. Whatever word means breaking down fast, beginning with E. You know what? The other problem. No, I'm being serious. Like, like degenerative, but that begins with D. Old people would be so messed up. When when Comcast changes their remote, old people get mad. They're like, I, it's more technology. I don't want that. I want my old remote. Well, your old remote doesn't work anymore. Memorable entertainment television. Whoa. Nice. Memorable. Memorable entertainment television. Yeah. I feel like memorable is, is more of an opinion. <laughs> Well, it's memorable for them, right? What they can them. remember for them specifically. Well, but it's on five point one on air. I don't even think it's something you can get on cable. I think it's only over the airwaves. Oh, so it's specifically yeah. just for the old people who don't have cable. Can you I get think it if you have an old flip phone, uh, probably not. Flip phones were awesome. Yeah, I but. I remember That's my first razor, man. That's the demographic we're talking man. about, guys. Yeah. The, the demographic well, no, they would, they would, has the you, flip phones. They're they would, strong to the... No, they still have a rotary phone. phone, which she does. <gasps> she still has a rotary phone. Yeah. 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 You need to take a picture of that. But I will. <laughs> I will, uh, and Rochelle can verify this story, is that when I'm on an important phone call, and then I'm going to talk about the important phone call. I really wish I had a flip phone to make sure it was off because what I have to do is restart my phone. I'll go, wait, hold on. Okay, they're definitely <laughs> off now. This is what happened. But with a flip phone, it would have been just automatically like click. We're good. Yep. Right back. See, when we grew up, and not you, Taylor, because you're so young. Yeah, thanks, But guys. we only gave the old people Nick at night. And that was, that was you know, we're going to give you from six on Nickelodeon, okay? I Eureka's Castle into Bewitched at six o'clock. But and see, I loved Nick at night. I yeah, loved those Cosby shows. Cosby show, Happy Day. But now, yes. see, that was what was actually on when we were growing up. Right. Like real TV. Yeah. It wasn't a, a nostalgia thing. Like we, These happy days are yours and mine. I watched happy it. Days. Yeah. Happy Days was a good show. Yeah. It was pretty good. Oh. And we, we were oh, huge geez. Arrested Development oh. fans. And if you're a Happy Days fan, a lot of Arrested Development what? has a lot of their actors. I guess Nick Ron and Knight's still yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh. had uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's how I know it. Oh, like, oh my God. I feel old. <laughs> I liked that show. Oh. Yeah, but I remember when it, like, debuted, like, episode one. Well, yeah. This is a story. My life got flipped, turned upside Oh, my God. Down. Full House. <gasps> Friends. Oh, these are all Nick and Night shows. Ooh. Oh, my Friends God. Friends was overrated. I just said I it. I love oh. just your it. mouth. Just said it. Jennifer, you said it's still so pretty. 
Oh, she might be pretty. And Matthew Perry might be Matthew Perry. It's just the show was overrated. I, uh, I saw David Schwimmer in a play in Chicago years ago, years ago, uh, called Our Town uh, at his theater called the Looking Glass Theater. And it made me cry. <laughs> there we go. Wait, <laughs> did it make you cry in a good way or <laughs> no, in no. a, well, oh, my God, what have I done I with my life kind of way? No, 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 no. I... Uh, I just bought tickets to see this show and I didn't even know that David Schwimmer was in it. And then I'm sitting there and he's making me, he's, he's a phenomenal actor beyond what he did on Friends. So in a good way. Yes. In a phenomenal way. Oh, okay. Gotcha. What were you waiting for? Cause he was terrible in Band of Brothers. Just uh, terrible. Sure, sure. Oh yeah, he plays the drill sergeant. Yeah, sure. he plays the lieutenant. Uh, I even know the name of that episode. What was the name of the mountain they had to? Well, no, no, no. Uh, 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 That's the name of the episode. I know, but um, not Dunkirk. Uh, Dur, uh, Durhi. I thought it had an Indian name. The, the yeah, Apache yeah, or whatever. But, but anyways, but no, he was a lieutenant. He wasn't the drill sergeant. He was the lieutenant. But he's the one that makes him run up. Yeah, and then they yeah. later, or he's later on the ba- first a band of brothers. God. Oh yeah. Oof. Oh, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. I mean, if you haven't seen it, also the Pacific. Watch that. that one. The it's it's one. the. It's Band of Brothers, but in the Pacific, is it the Marines? Huh? Doesn't matter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the guy from uh, Office Space, Ron, Ron Livers. I yes. love him. He's oh, great I, in I it. Yes. That. You seen Band of Brothers? No, no. she's seen no. Office Space. <laughs> so Band of Brothers is what, 20 episodes or like 15? Uh, let me yeah. find out. Hold on. Uh, Got to watch it. And I remember when it was on VHS, the hot, case was like this big. It really is. Because it's all true. Right. At the end, and they, they do, show the people. And they do, well, they, they do in the beginning, they show the actual guys that fought these these battles. And it was, Band of Brothers is about the 101st Airborne in World War II, and Easy Company. And they, like, interview the actual guys that went, you know, uh, parachuted into uh, um, uh, France, France and... And, uh, 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 not, uh, God, the Netherlands, um, Holland and Operation Market Garden and, Wasn't and all Scott that kind of Grimes stuff. Was like that. in an episode? Uh, probably. Um, wow. Wow. Let me see. There's a lot of big names in there. Yeah, oh, like huge. Jude Law? I don't think so. Well, yeah, after Spielberg did Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it came out right won. around the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was like a continuation. Tom Hanks is like, I want to work on, work on something Saving with you Ryan's because Private. there's so many stories of, of World War II. Um, can't say I watched them. I've seen. Hold on, I gotta find. Yeah, that's pretty intense. If you do, you like Donnie Wahlberg, Ron Livingston, Donnie Wahlberg, Scott Grimes, Peter Youngblood, Scott Grimes, Shane Taylor. Um, and that's in those are the ones that are in all of the episodes. Uh, and then you got um, you know, you wouldn't know any of them. Uh. I'm I'm sorry. I'm flipping. I'm flipping. I'm trying to find, but now I'm I'm in the uh, Michael Fassbinder Bender yes. is in it. Yep. Um, I like how we see. catered the show automatically to old people. Like we were talking David about daylight Schwimmer, savings time, and yep. now we're off on a whole new subject. Uh, Jason Amara. We we're on Friends. And then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we start off with Lawrence, Colin Hanks. Tom Hardy. Just doing like six Ooh. degrees of separation. Yeah, Simon Pegg. I'll be yeah, Simon Pegg, James McAvoy. When the rain starts to fall. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy oh, yeah. Fallon. I'm trying As to Lieutenant George C. Rice. What? 
Right. Yeah. Wow. James McAvoy is Private James W. Miller. That, yeah, I it's because James he looks McAvoy. like he's 12. Yeah, I know. Simon Pegg as First Sergeant Williams yeah. S. Evans. Simon Pegg's hilarious. Yeah. Tom Hardy is Private John Janovic. Uh, I'm trying to find how many episodes there were. I can't find Do you know how, who Tom Hardy is? Yeah, he's Bane. Okay. Yeah. He's Bane Cat. Bane. He's Bane Cat. What did you do? When you have You know, actually, that's not even Tom Hardy's voice. You know whose voice that is? No. Sean Connery's. Damn it. Yeah, they did a voiceover. Yep. They did a voiceover and they put a mask on him to make it sound like the thing, which is why it's always so muscle like this. That's really Sean Connery? That's 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 the rumor. It's never been proven. Yeah, it's never been proven. Sean Connery is like retired. Well, no, he would be uncredited. Yeah, they would. Oh, what? Boy. They must have paid Sean a lot to be uncredited. No, he actually asked to be uncredited. Same re- same reason that James yeah, Earl Jones asked retirement. to be uncredited in Star Wars uh, as the voice of Vader. It's the same reason. He didn't want anybody to know that he did it. Right. Uh, wow. So so Jimmy's so a veteran in the, the mental part of- Ten the- episodes. Oh, it was great. So uh, mentally to be uh, in the military is very difficult. But the one episode that sticks out in my head really quick, and I'm not ruining anything. but uh, when I think were, I know which one you're going to say. When they were ill-prepared for winter and they were holding the line and they're waiting for supplies and they drop Battle the supplies. The yeah, they drop the supplies on the other side. Yep. And they're they're getting frostbite. They yep. can't start a fire because if they yep. start a fire, they are smoke. The yep. people know where to fire the yep. guns at. Mm-hmm. That, that that episode, like to just see all your supplies go to the other side after you just toughed out I'm gonna, winter. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the, uh, this is a true story, and it's not anything even remotely like uh, the Battle of the Bulge and the frostbite and stuff like that, but. Um, we were just coming out of, uh, winter and, um, we had, we were down to like our last little bit of food for, um, our base. Okay. Um, and how we got our food was, uh, they contracted, the U.S. government contracted local Afghani truck drivers, semi drivers, uh, who would drive the food semi trucks. They'd be delivered and it would, you know, come to the bases or whatever. And that's how we would get our food. And, uh, because of a really bad snowstorm up in the Selang Pass, um, the switchbacks, which is how you get up and down the mountains were impassable. So we had not gotten any supplies for a couple of months. Um, and we were waiting on, we, and the truck was coming, the truck was coming, the truck was coming, the truck was coming. And, you know, um, but it, it didn't come, it didn't come, it didn't come. It was getting delayed, it was getting delayed, whatever. So then we get a call that there was a giant accident at the base of the switchback mountain or the slang pack, the switchbacks or whatever. And they need somebody to go there. And um, it was involving an engineering company and that's all we knew. So we get there and we, f- <laughs> we get there and we find that the engineering company had come too fast down the switchback, hit the corner. They had this giant, Freaking piece of machinery that had flown off of the truck bed, rolled and sliced open this giant semi like trailer or whatever, and spilled all the contents out. Well, while we were securing that area, while the engineers are trying to figure out how they're going to get it back and blah blah, blah we <laughs> we realized that that was our 
food. Oh, no. And all the locals had picked it before we even got there. So we still had no food. We actually had to go uh, two weeks where all we could eat was MREs because there was no food coming in. MREs for people. I don't know. What uh, MREs are called meals ready to eat. They're like prepackaged uh, like food or whatever. Huh? Like cuisines. astronaut food. Right? Yeah, kind of. Um, so, uh, they all, you can look them up. You can look them up. Uh, they're called MREs. Uh, they basically don't expire. A lot of like survivalists, you know, uh, uh buy these things or whatever because they last like freaking forever. Um, but there, there's like a meal. There's like a side thing. Uh, there's a treat, you know, all kind of stuff like that. But they're just god awful. Just absolutely god awful. They have like no nutrition. They have a lot of caloric intake, but like no nutritional value whatsoever. Oh no! And they and it, most of the stuff tastes like cardboard. And unless you have like water to like heat up the thing, sometimes you gotta eat it cold. And uh, but anyway, so yeah, for two weeks, all we could eat were MRE breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Except like those of us that had gotten like. Um, like candy and stuff like that from like back home. Like we had that kind of stuff we could munch on too. But yeah, regular food, like the chow hall was shut down for, for two weeks because of it. Wow. It was terrible. It was terrible. But I, same kind of feeling of that, you know, your stomach's grumbling and you're hungry and you haven't had any real food and you get there and you realize that you're not going to get any more for a while. Man, that sucks. Yeah, like I said, not even remotely close to what they had to deal with in the Battle of the Bulge. But I can kind of, you know, you kind of get an idea of, like, how disheartening that is, you know? Yeah, I got to go to Disc Replay and buy uh, Band of Brothers. That, that's good. Uh, check out The Pacific, it. too. I, I, watch I highly year, recommend but... it. Yeah, I uh-huh. highly recommend it. Watch it uh, start on um, Wednesday dates, June. Um, I have to look that up. Uh, but you start on D Day and then one a day, just watch one a day for the next like 10 days. I can do that. I can do that. This sounds like fun. <laughs> well, I'm very specific. June 6th. Movies I like it. anymore. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like. Specifically specific. <laughs> specifically specific. Yeah. Specifically Pacific. Specific, yeah, there we go. You specifically have to watch the Pacific, Pacific. specifically. I gotcha. I can do For that. For this point. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's Band of Brothers except in the Pacific theater instead of the European theater. And it take, uh, it surrounds a group of Marines. All right. So like, you know, uh, Iwo Jima, Okinawa, Battle of Midway, like all those. All right. We got to give our thank yous out to Marcus, uh, Carter. He fights Sunday. Uh, first bell is 5 p.m. Jafar Promotions presents Road to the Belt. Uh, Ford Perf- uh, Community Performing Arts Center. 15801 Michigan Avenue, Dearborn, Michigan, 48126. Jafar. I hope to see you there. And uh, if you don't get a chance to come there, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash radio undercard. You'll see where the uh, next events are happening in the Detroit area. I'm trying to think of anything else that um, is coming up. It really, really, we're in holding pattern now for Canelo versus Chavez, which happens Cinco de Mayo weekend, May 6th. And we will be back surprisingly next week. We're going to do two in a row, people. <laughs> and it's gonna be like the good old days. What is our streak? We we did twelve once in a row, right? Thirteen. We row? did more than that in a row. Sixteen in a row. Oh, we've done. I think we our streak was like 
it's high teens, what? maybe even low twenties. Yeah, there was a there was a time there where we like didn't miss any shows like for mm. a long time. Yeah, because I think yeah, because when we were when when Podcast Detroit first started, we did because we had been off for so long. We did like twenty or something in a row. Gotcha. And and then I think we the the first break that we did was um was the Arnold. Yeah, I like to think we're the Sopranos of like podcasting. Like we'll, we'll do like a season and then we'll take a long break and people Come will be like, what, 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 yeah, what the F, you know? And then we're like, okay, here's season two. What the F? Here's season three. Well, no, no, no. If you really want to do that, we got to be like Sherlock where it's like you do a season and then you take like three years off. Sopranos and did then that. You, did- you remember mm-hmm. Sopranos? Uh, not, not as bad as, as Sherlock. Oh. Sherlock is, yeah, like, like I think they they did a season and then they waited like four years two, to do like two another and a half or two yeah or something like it was that. a crazy amount of time to do another I season. I don't think we're allowed to take that much time. No, <laughs> I actually enjoy doing the show. The break is kind of nice though, Jimmy. You do the show all the time, isn't it nice? It kind of like refreshes you a little bit, and you re- realize, oh, I really like doing the show. You no, know? I miss it. If we're not That's doing, what it, I'm I saying, miss it. I miss it. No, I'm saying, but like I would much rather be he here like doing the, the show. I don't like the breaks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would much rather be doing the show. We need them. I know you guys need them. No, I know I, you I guys need them. But I, you know. I come back and I'm refreshed. And I'm like, I'm happy to see Taylor. Trice, uh, first time in here. Rochelle, Rochelle's been smiling all day. Look at it. Can't wipe it off her. <laughs> you know, that's the that's way it goes. Is that what that right is? There. That's right. <laughs> she's like, she's it's like. more like a grimace. I'm tired. Yeah. All right, we will be back next week, uh, and then I'm writing for Fight News this Sunday, so we'll go to fightnews.com to follow the results from Sunday, and once again, go to the event. Talk to everybody later. Take care. Peace.